Remember the attitude area? We had all those uh, super, you know, celebrities would come in, and we'd tell them, "There's a good chance you're going to get booed." Yeah. Like, Why would I get booed? Go, yeah. You don't know our fans. Yeah. <laughs> By the time they leave, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you, you you look at it now, like that stuff still goes on. Like this year. There was all the the talk about Bad Bunny and why is he on WrestleMania? And it was either you uh, liked him or you don't. And uh, I mean, he blew people away in the ring, and it, then that you know very quickly kind of died down. But then every once in a while, they're like, "Oh, why is this celebrity showing up?" It's kind of like it, it's part of it. I mean, it's part of the spectacle. It's kind of why we fell in love with wrestling in the first place. At least my generation. Yeah, you know, yeah WrestleMania John was about that. Exactly. John and I always knew what they were there to get over their product. I mean, they weren't on there unless they had something to plug. <laughs> and so, right. Right. But they but they knew that audience was a crossover audience, too. And if they win the wrestling fans over, man, they got a big crowd, you know, the next door, you know, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, come to, you know, Rock and Cena, those producers knew that those guys had a built-in crowd. So they jumped on those guys and they, they were able to, you know, to, to transport them over on the movie side of it there with, with, with ease. And they, they know they're, they're easily produced because of the success they had with us. And it's not easy backstage with us as John knows. Uh, I now, mean, the production production backstage is pretty stiff. <laughs> I, I got the guys, uh, who was the, the Kevin Hart, uh, the cable guy, I mean, all those guys, you know, I, I had, oh. you know, I, I was the one that smartened them up, you know, Hey, here's what we're doing. Kevin Hart was freaking awesome. So was the cable guy. Larry, Larry, he was yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the guy's name, but he had told him one that's listen, our fans are a little different now. They made booyah. They made chant at the wrong time. I said to them, they're having fun. I said, so you just understand just if you have a message, go ahead and get it. And he, he just stops me. He goes, I hosted SNL. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the place. He's like, well, what, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like it, the SNL, pal. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite different. Uh, a very vocal fan base. You you guys have been on uh, both sides of it. Um, real, real quick. I, uh, before we get into talking about uh, the new show, like what was it like for you respectively in your careers, you know, switching from being an in-ring performer to being on, you know, more of the backstage thing. Like I know, uh, Jerry, you were like, uh, an on-air character and a wrestler and an agent, but then John, you were also a commentator later. Your, you know, your most recent run was transitioning from the ring to a commentator. What was it like just, you know, experiencing that fan feedback where you weren't being judged on your in-ring ability, you were you know, kind of being critiqued on all of this other stuff going around. Go ahead, Mr. Briscoe. Okay. Well, I, I felt like when I jumped from college wrestling into a professional wrestling, I was making that switch then. You know, I was judged then by, by my peers in the amateur wrestling crowd. But one thing about it, you know, what, what my brother and I always discussed, even back then, we knew it was showbiz. I mean, we'd been wrestling since we are you know, pre-teens and so we knew we knew it was showbiz we knew it was entertainment we knew it was a different style and back then there wasn't a lot of guys who jumped over so it, it was a when when you go in with that 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 type of attitude hey it's a business and you know 
the winning and losing part, maybe that was a detriment to, to both of us for a while, but we didn't care if we got beat because we could look across the ring and we knew we could beat 99% of the people we were looking at. So uh, we just had to convince the people that it was a, that it was a contest and, and, and sometimes we had to pull the pro up to what we wanted to do. So, uh, but uh, that part of it wasn't the, the hard part with me was was when I when I finally bought in and my brother and I uh, purchased uh, parts of Georgia Championship Wrestling, Florida Championship Wrestling, was being on that office side because I was one of those guys in the locker room, much like my partner there, John, that would voice his opinion. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm that guy if they're voicing their opinion again. So it was a hard adjustment to become an office guy and uh, accept Hey, you're no longer you're no longer one of the talent. You you got you got to take care of your investment. So that was that was the hard part to me. It's a complete different dynamic. So when when you're out there performing, you know you're trying to lead the fans to a certain uh, place where you can you know end up where where you want to be. You know where storyline wise, where you know you want to you want the good guy to to get the applause. You want heat at the end. You know, depending on what it want, you're trying to stay one step ahead of the fans. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But it, that's a complete different dynamic from a commentator because there's really not that much interaction because you know we're talking to a TV audience. So the interaction you can hear it obviously, but it's not dictated upon what I was saying. So. I remember a match, I've said this before, but with uh, Umaga and John Cena, I can't remember the match, it was a, the, the pay-per-view. I think it was a Royal Rumble, I'm not sure, but it was a no-holds-barred type match. And I remember just taking my headphones off because it was, I think, uh, uh, JR and uh, King were calling the match, and me and Michael were doing the SmackDown. So we were just sitting there watching the this, this show and listening to the fans. And the place was so freaking rabid. I hadn't been able to do that in 30 years, you know, just be a fan. And that was really cool. And when you, when you're sitting that close and you're right in the epicenter of that arena and you're hearing that interaction, how passionate people are, you realize, man, this is a really cool business. And you don't get that from being in the ring sometimes because you're busy trying to get to a certain place. And, and when you're a commentator, especially when you're able to sit back and enjoy a segment where you're not saying a lot, whether it's a promo segment, or it's a match segment where you're laying out, you really get to enjoy the, the entire atmosphere. And that's a cool thing. It's really awesome to be able to do that. Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. You debuted on YouTube earlier this year. You officially launched on podcast heat. The big announcement uh, came last week. Uh what brought you guys together? Like, I know you guys are obviously friends, you've known each other for years, but what made this the right vehicle for you? What, you know, what brought you guys together? I, I, you know, I'll start John and I'll, I promise you I won't go too long, but you know, it, it started out, you know, of course, during the pandemic, you know, we're, we're all sequestered at home, you know, we can't go out. And, and John's an active guy. John's a social guy. And, and I am too. We, we both want to go out. We both want to be around people. So the only, only uh, method that I knew and that Don knew was via social media. So we got on Twitter. I started out telling some old war stories, you know, up and down, going up and down the road, just trying to 
bring a smile, just try and bring a little bit of laughter to, to myself, basically being selfish and sharing these stories. And they started getting over. Of course, I started running out of stories and other uh, stories that I could tell on on, on the <laughs> podcast. So, on, on the You're not hours. out of stories. You won't <laughs> yeah. be out of stories for a thousand years. The ones but you can the, the ones I could share there. So I kind of you know ran out. So then I hooked up with Taylor. We come up with hey, let's do something like Briscoe's big announcement where we just. You know, I just said here in my video after I got laid off and, you know, because of the pandemic and everything, and, you know, I, I still wanted something to do. So Taylor, I'd met Taylor in Chicago at a roast for Bruce Pritchard. He wrote me some stuff there. So Taylor, where Taylor was here in Tampa. So he said, let's do this big announcement. And, and so we just, I was in a, in a restaurant parking lot sitting on the back of my Ford truck one time. We just did some, some, stupid stupid story and you know and and you know my time ran or my battery died or then we had we had randy randy orton come in and 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 you know give me the rko out of nowhere then mick foley was kind enough to do a mr Sacco thing for me and so and 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 once again you know uh, taylor was uh, not working either he was laid off because of the pandemic and uh, and uh, of course the comedians couldn't get out so uh, we just started doing them and John was doing the same thing. And he, he kind of got bored listening to himself and I got bored listening to himself. And he made the phone call one time and he said, Hey, you know, let's get together, you know, and we both agreed. Hey, John, or hey, hey guys, we're not going to do any, any so-called shoot interviews. Let's just, uh, the same format. Let's try to entertain the people. Let's try to share these road stories with the real legends. And between his Rolodex, I know people don't have Rolodex, but they little card things that you can find anybody. He has an extensive one because he's made friends with everybody in the business. And I've just happened to be around a little bit longer. So I had a little bit bigger Rolodex than he did with some older guide. That all these legendary stories that are legends in this business now, John and I had the power to go to these people and ask them to come on air and tell them and share them with the, with the universe out there. That's about it, right, John? Yeah, that's about it. We we were sitting there telling stories, and we're telling stories about the Free Birds or Tommy Rich or or uh, Ricky Morton and all these guys. We thought, well, why don't we just get Tommy Rich, Ricky Morton, and the Free Birds, and yeah. and have them tell their own stories? We we were there, uh, and so we we just thought it was a cool idea to do something during the pandemic, and it, it's kind of taken off and snowballed uh, with us. I, you know, we never dreamed that stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw will be running and successful and people wanting to put ads on it. It's that's been an absolute blessing. We did. That was, that was, that wasn't our point of doing them either. I mean, mm -hmm. our point was just to have fun among ourselves really and share our stories. Yeah. Dude. We were having fun among ourselves. It's something we don't get to do very often. It's one reason we love, we love reunions and we just thought we could make some people smile during COVID. That was the whole reason for the, for the show. Mm -hmm. uh, John, are you, lived outside of the u.s for a while are you still are, are you back in the u.s or are you still in Virginia? i'm back in the u.s i was okay. on an island out in the middle of not the quite the middle of the ocean but uh toward the middle of the ocean okay. uh, the atlantic bermuda and yeah, it has been time there but uh moved back uh, right, right before COVID. okay yeah well, I mean, i'm actually in uh the dc area right now oh okay yeah see i was that, i was gonna ask like if being away 
kind of led you to, or maybe you felt more inclined to want to do this because you couldn't just like jump in the car or live close enough to somebody to, you know, Oh, Hey, like, let's go get together that way. So, you know, technology definitely plays a part in getting you guys to stay together. And like you mentioned the reunions, you know, sometimes some of these guys only see each other at a convention or something like that. So I'm a huge fan of the show just because some of the people you get on here, like if you follow along over the years, you, you know, you have a relationship with like uh, Tony Chimmel was on this week. So that, that's a really good example of that. Uh, but I mean, some of please, my, f- please don't, please don't judge us by Tony. We absolutely jumped the shark. That, that will probably be our last episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, loved it. Chimmel was like losing five good men. <laughs> But we love Chimmel, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned technology being being one. Technology has also been a curse to us because we've lost a couple of friends because we're trying to get them on the show, and they get so frustrated with us. They throw their cell phone away or the computer away, and we never hear from them again. Right, Don? That's exactly right. We're not gonna mention any names. Tim White, referee, friend of ours. <laughs> He got so mad at us because he didn't know how to use his iPhone and get on Zoom that he told us to screw off, not in those terms. It was a lot harsher than that. And he hung up on us, and we hadn't heard from him since. <laughs> and we can, we can tell on Stan Hansen because he very seldom gets on the Internet, so we could probably tell the story. Somebody else will have to tell it to him five years from now. Then <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're safe. But as having Stan on, I mean – we, John and I, I mean, we're, I mean, we both love Stan and John and I both are huge fans. And that's a difference, I think, of having some of these guys on. They're not just guests. They're not just celebrities. They're not just famous guys. They're guys that we shared the road with. They're, they, they were guys that, that we, we hung with. So they're friends and it makes it so much easier and all this. But Stan, you know, we go back forever. But uh, having Stan, watching Stan try to get on the internet, try to get on Zoom, it was it was took about what an hour, forty five minutes. <laughs> about an hour. I've never heard more cussing and laughing at the same time. I was going to ask you guys. Where's that? I was going to ask you both if there's a you know a, a guest that you guys really look forward to having on. I guess. He might not be on that list anymore. (laughs) Or would he be on the list? Oh, Stan. Oh, what? Coming back? No, I'm saying he he might not be on that list anymore after he after he had so much trouble. <laughs> we were the last one that he did, and he, yeah. he said, and he and he it was I don't know how long it had been before because because when his wife come in and he said, "Would you help me?" He she said, "I thought you wasn't going to do any of these anymore." Well, as these gets John and Briscoe, what am I going to tell them? <laughs> so that was a sign to us that the friendship was there, that he would take the trouble and the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. He, he's getting pretty good at the internet, but uh, maybe Terry Funk. Well, yeah. uh, I talked to Terry, uh, and uh, unfortunately at this time, Terry is not able to go on. Hel- Terry's a very healthy, healthy man, but... Uh, we take care of our guests, and uh, and uh, we'd rather wait till Terry's Terry's uh, Terry's one hundred percent ready to come on our our show. 
We love him to death. And we're, we're, that, that's another thing. And, and the guys know that we take care of our guests. We, we don't, we, uh, unlike John just let me ramble. We let these guys ramble and to tell their story and, uh, and, and, and complete it, you know, and then John does some editing. We don't, we, 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 we're not PG 13, but we like to think of ourselves as, as somebody that, you know, granddad could let his grandson at the wrestling fan sit down. Son, I used to watch this guy wrestle, listen to a story. So we, we try not to use a lot of profanity. We not, we try to, to keep it, keep it as clean, but sometimes, you know, these stories just develop and uh, we're, we, we don't shut them down. We listen to them, you know, and, uh, but uh, we want we want a show like that where everybody, after it's over with, you know that was fun, it was entertaining, you know. And and my grandson sitting here watched. He got to listen to Stan Hansen, who I watched when I was a kid, tell a story that I've told my grandson, but I couldn't tell it as well as Stan because Stan's the one that did it. I told a story about me and Terry Funk getting arrested, and I went through a, a, a photo album of mine. That was 40 or 50 years old. I found a photo of me and me and Terry waiting for the cops to come and arrest him for riding a motorcycle, you know, all night long on this island in Japan. So we just tell stories like that. Just we we tell it, we tell a, a good, good family clean story, I think anyway. Mm -hmm. We do most of the time, Jerry. Uh, Dennis yeah. and I had a few problems. Oh, yeah, we, Dennis. <laughs> we tell Dennis says, "Can I curse?" We go, "Of course you can." We don't tell people not to curse. We say, "You know, if you can avoid it, avoid it." But you know, every other word was the f word with Dennis. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, another fun example uh, when the Godfather was on, he's like, "Man, I really tell a lot of stories about smoking. All my stories involve smoking." And that was so you know, there there's no filter, but. At the heart of the show, it's it's sharing road stories, and that's part of the fun because you lived it, you experienced it, you get to bond with these people that are coming on the show over it. We get to experience it on this side for perhaps the first time. And there's also a lot of stuff mixed in. Uh, maybe I, I guess you would call it a fan theory or what have you, but uh, one that you guys just posted there. There, and I will say, uh, check out um, the the YouTube channel. It's not only full episodes, but it's clips too. But the one I'm mentioning is, what would you look like? What would you look for in a cabinet for JBL? What would the new cabinet look like? And that's a question that comes up. Like, oh, what would you do with this stable? What you know, like stuff like that. It's it's entertaining. Where, like, do you guys find yourselves building a new connection to fans through stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. I think we do. You know, we, we don't deal a lot with the, the modern shows, you know, because that becomes subjective. And then, you know, you, you end up, if you, you, you bury something, it becomes a headline for the wrong reasons on the internet or something like that. You know, you bury something that's 30 years ago, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people can argue about it, but it's it's not that big a deal. But also on our YouTube channel, uh, it has, like, if you have Sergeant Slaughter, you also have all of his matches that we talk about. So, uh, you know, we had uh, Magnum TA and the, the famous uh, match with uh, Buzz Sawyer. Uh, we had the, we have the cage match there in, in underneath the playlist under Magnum. So we, we've got we filled up the, the YouTube channel. Where you can come on and see our show, but also kind of see what we're talking about. Now, we don't have a video of Tommy Rich getting run over by Gerald Briscoe and Michael. Thank goodness. <laughs> which, which is a felony, by uh, the way. It, it uh, is a felony. The T-shirt that John John's wearing was was actually uh, 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 
a product of Magnum TA being on our show. There used to be a t-shirt down here in Tampa with the leader of the pack. I'll say that they maybe it's sponsor, but Budweiser had those shirts. So we would have a contest every, every night of the week. We'd have a rookie driving us. Of course, rookies couldn't drink. They just had to drive. And it'd be guys like Magnum, uh, Barry and myself, or, or a combination of, of all of us. Or if we had a van, it'd be a lot more of us. But we had a leader of the pack contest, and the shirt was the, was the prize. It was who could drink the most beers. And I know it sounds childish, and it was childish, but we had a hell of a time. Sometimes, you know, it'd be an dispute, or you threw a can away with, with, with some beer in it. And we'd usually end over pulling over on the side of the road to, to, to settle the argument. And in the winter, we'd get the leader of the pack T-shirt. So John said, after we had uh, Magnum on, and he showed a picture of the shirt, Hey, let's make a shirt later of the pack t-shirt. So that's basically how we got that. But my, my partner there, John, is, is so multi-talented. You talked about telling another story to me. This guy, you know, he, he's a financial uh, on Fox Business News. So he, we, we're, we're going to work, evolve into some of these uh, on a YouTube channel with John, giving a little financial tip of the tip of the week. Also, we're both huge Fan. John was involved in an offshore uh, uh, gambling thing. So he's got some of the best experts in sports gambling that there is on the face of the earth. So we're going to kind of evolve into that. So we're just not going to pigeonhole uh, our YouTube channel or ourselves and, and uh, just strictly wrestling. We want to kind of branch out and, and what's going on in the world. I mean, we're, all, we're, both, we're both out there. So why not enjoy ourselves? Tell the positive spin to it. Yeah. And now, now's like, you know, the perfect time to do that because you don't, you know, talking in wrestling terms, you don't have to worry about kayfabe. You don't have to worry really about keeping up appearances in that way. And people always knew about these outside interests, but. But you got to worry about offending people. <laughs> and, uh, well, <laughs> I, we do step on a toe every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I, you, that is a worry. I meant as far as like, at least John's character was like, <laughs> was a heel. He was not, it was known that you wrote books and appeared on TV and that sort of thing, but it was never uh, like as casual of a discussion as it, as it could be in the format that you have right now. It was always keeping up appearances because I'm still a wrestler. I'm a performer. And now you sort of break the fourth wall, so to speak, and get a chance to share that knowledge. Yeah, and it's it's a welcome relief to not have to be kayfabing all the time, you know, because my character was, you know, such an over-the-top character that I would tend to blend that character and conflate it a little bit with the real John Layfield, you know, just to kind of not have too much of, of a disparity between the two. You know, it's, it's now great to be able to say, you know what, that was, that was the character, that's one I played, it's fictitious, and here's me. And now, you, now I can say that, especially being out of the ring, you know, not just kayfabe kind of, you know, being dead, but also me being out of the ring for so long, it, it doesn't really matter anymore. That's why it's, we enjoy a lot more, I think, talking about stories that are, you know, 20 years in the past. Now wrestlers can come on and say, well, here's what was happening backstage. Here's what happened in the ring. Here's what we were thinking at the time. They would never have done that then. And they probably wouldn't and maybe shouldn't even do that now. Yeah. And one thing that I will say also appeals, uh, both of you have just a, a natural ability to tell a great story and tell it in a way that's memorable. <coughs> you, know, you have 
mannerisms delivery uh i will say john like when at least when you were commentating you had like not catchphrases but references that you introduced into the lexicon where uh just made it easier to digest i guess like one of the the best examples i can use is you'd always reference mildred burke i i didn't know who mildred burke was before you and the nwa just brought the you know brought back the title you know they said they're they're bringing back the burke and i was like oh that's cool and then my second thought was okay that's who john was always talking about and you popped right into my head so you know you're you're doing a good service not only telling a story in the form of wwe commentary or you know that storytelling device but educating fans on stuff they might not have been around to do and i think that carries over on the show that you're doing now Jerry and I enjoy the history. You know, we enjoy the history. You know, we, we, we lived a lot of the history. <laughs> so, but we also uh, enjoyed the history. We enjoyed the And history. he said that kindly about me then. <laughs> you know, you talk, I mean, it, it's interesting to me, you know, uh, Sam Nunn and uh, Stanislaw Sabisco, you know, the, the original Screwdrop in 27, you know, stuff like that's interesting to me. You know, people say, oh, this is something new. There is stuff that's new. There's, but very little, very, very little, little. <laughs> <laughs> very, very little. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost all happened before. You know, you look at a wrestling in the and, and our friend Bruce Pritchard invented most of it. Or wrote <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you look at the business. One guy goes over, the other guy goes over. There's some type of DQ. So there's only really three things you can do. And so nearly everything has happened. And so when you see history, you go, oh, that reminds me of this. That reminds me of that. It's just, it kind of makes the world a little bit smaller and make, to me, make a little more sense. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you can relive that right now with your show. Uh, go check them out. Just search stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw on YouTube. Uh, it's at Briscoe Bradshaw, no space on Twitter. And the new show, as I said, just launched this the podcast version launched on podcast heat this month lots of good stuff uh you guys mentioned some of the stuff you're going to do to branch out but uh so many good stories that are that are out there now that you can check out uh i i, I don't want to mention him again but tony chimmel's on there i have another a, a, <laughs> f- a full list the godfather the blue meanie jimmy corderas uh eric bischoff's been on there Mike Kyoto, some of the Ron Simmons has been on there. Those are some of the recent episodes. Uh, anybody else you have coming up that you want to promote? You anybody uh, you're looking forward to, to having on? Thing, we hate to promote because things always happen. So yeah. we, we do have we have a couple of really cool. Uh, one really big name uh, coming up in a few weeks, and then one really cool uh, older guy should <coughs> be on uh, next week. But you never know. Who, who would you like? Who would you like to see? Let's uh, ask you that. Me? Yeah, you. Uh, I already said Terry, but uh, yeah, it's I, hard. I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> it's mean, hard. when he, when, that, he, when that, he can that's, do that's, it, that's that, that's the problem that John and I have. You know, <laughs> and and now now the, the thing is so great about it, John, back us up. When we get a guy like Godfather, damn, I was wondering when you guys were asked me to come on X Pac. <laughs> And went, well, why? Why, why? Why do you have to wait so long to have me on? Do you think I, I mean, you know, it just, 
you know, we when we started out, I would, I, me and John kind of shared it. We would get to 100 hits or whatever, you know, just me and John. Well, we're not the mm-hmm. stars, you know, so yeah. let's bring some stars on there. So we, we always tell we had to wait till the show got some momentum before we'd ask the big guy to come on. <laughs> yeah. But we've had Lex Luger on, and what a great, what a great story Lex told us. He opened up about everything we asked him and it was such a wonderful experience to have Lex on. We had Medusa on. She told some of her great stories. One of the most interesting uh, people we've had on has been Mike McGurk also. Mike was the first lady announcer for a ring announcer for the WWE. I mean, she grew up in the air. Her dad was a promoter, broke me and my brother Jack in, but he promoted guys like John Sanderson. I mean, back in the 40s and, and the 30s, so... We were able to get that history from all the way back and bring it forward and let the, let the people hear that history there through Mike McGurk. So we've had such an array of, of, of guests on, and you know, and, and we're trying to cover everyone. I mean, we're we were looking at AWA Verge Group up there. We hadn't had many of those guys on because of the geographical difference, we neither one of us worked up there a lot. So we're trying to go back and grab some of those guys too. So, and we've had uh, the text. We had Von Eric all the way from uh, 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 Kauai, Hawaii, on, <laughs> and that was an experience getting getting uh, getting Von Eric on and some of his camera work because he was holding his camera for an hour and a half mm. in his hand. So and yeah, they're fun in his ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, one thing like Jerry said, we we don't we're not beholden, and we look we love having huge stars, and that's wonderful. We're having the guys like Godfather and Ron, and and some some of the biggest stars you know in the history of the business that we've had on. We've been fortunate to have on. Uh, you know, I name a list. You know, twenty people deep, but it's also people that were part of really big territories in part of the inner workings. Uh, you know, if, if you know James Beard, you know who he is. You know, James is James is a legendary guy. He's in the NWA uh, Hall of Fame, I believe it is, or a California Iron Club. I, I helped induct him. James has wonderful stories from Texas, from Japan, from so many different areas. You know, but he's not a, a rock, you know, as far as social media presence. James is a good friend, but he tells wonderful stories. I'll have James Beard on every single week. Mm. You know, me and Jerry will. Uh, because these guys tell part of history that a lot of people don't know, and they can tell it from a first person perspective that people don't know. And it's interesting, you know, like Mike McGurk, she told about her dad, Leroy, who was blind. Her dad was a blind color commentator when he owned the territory, he was blind and he called the action. That's an incredible story. And that's being told by his daughter. So a lot of times we don't have to have, you know, the the massive names. You know, a lot of people don't know Tommy Rich. He was as hot as Mm -hmm. anybody in the world in the early 80s. That guy was on fire. Having him on was, I I was a huge fan. Jerry's a huge fan. You know, we're fans of these guys. And to us, it's interesting to go into history, but also fun history. We don't want people to read a history, but we don't want boring people. We want fun people that are going to tell fun stories that enjoy the business. And that's what we try to do. And, and also, uh, they, you know, there, there are so many people that work backstage with WWE. Uh, some of the, the, the local promoters, some of the promotion people that were with these superstars and took them and, and experienced what they were going through, you know, the, 
they're getting up at the six o'clock in the morning to make those morning drive shows, you know, what it was like getting those guys and letting them tell their stories about the backstage stuff that they experienced with, with all of the, all of the superstars that we work with. And there's so many of those guys and, and girls backstage that, that we plan in the future. Once we get a little momentum going to bring on and share a totally different side of the story than, than, uh, than what 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 people think. I mean, it, it it's a, it's a it's a community in itself backstage at that WWE and that backstage there. It, it, it you know you, you hear the word family toss around so much, but when when you walk through that door Monday morning, it's not like you're looking over there and you see a bunch of people you don't want to be around. Everybody goes out of the way to get along back there because you got 13, 14 hours of hard, continuous work. So the friendship that you make backstage is invaluable. And there's a lot of great stories at backstage. So we want to bring those forward to the people. Yeah. Tommy Rich is a really good example. Uh, I would say Tommy Rich, Eddie Gilbert, and even Bobby Eaton. Like those three guys, I, I really didn't know about until even the past few years, because I grew up as an early 90s WWF fan and it kind of was whatever was on TV. That's what I knew. Yeah. And I remember like I didn't I didn't really know much about Dusty Rhodes. And now I'm like, like, I almost feel like I missed out because I didn't know anything about NWA. Yeah. Like, it you know, it wasn't right. there. So huh. what, like taking content like this and you're saying like not the big names and you know just somebody that can tell a story somebody that can lived it or that did live it i just feed off of that because i didn't get a chance to experience it so why not experience it now why not listen to it from the people that were there and sort of have a new appreciation for the wrestling business Exactly. We had Ricky Morton on and a lot of our fans don't know who Ricky Morton was. And that's a shame because he was, mm-hmm. he was like, like Tommy, one of the most over guys in, in our, in our business. And Ricky got to share his story with, with the modern day fans. That's so great. I mean, you know, I'm 75 years old. I'm six decades. I feel I'm so fortunate enough that I, you know, I've got to entertain so many different generations. I'm probably on my third or fourth generation of people. You know, I, I, and I tell Dad, it would upset me when I when this nice looking young lady comes on. Oh, my grandmother liked you, Grandma. How about <laughs> you? Oh, no, my grandmother. <laughs> you know that's how old I am. But you know now I'm in that third generation of, of people, and it, it's it's so good. But our history is so fascinating. I mean, it was so closed and secretive for such a long time, and now we're allowed to go out and open up and. and Tell them behind the scenes stories, and, and it's so awesome back there. It really is. And think about what all we have left, uh, Jerry. I mean, we we, uh, we got uh, so many places we haven't covered. We haven't covered right. Don Owens territory up up in the Pacific Northwest. We haven't covered uh, Mexico. We haven't covered you know with with some of their stars with Puerto Rico right. with some of their stars. Uh, Europe, like guys with like Tony St. Clair uh, and so many of the guys that were such a big name, not just in the UK and Ireland, but for Otto and Peter uh, in the European continent. Uh, we haven't covered a lot of Japan. We've covered some, obviously, with Stan and some, right. some other guys. But, I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, just saw Scott Norton this past weekend. Right. I mean, that, that guy was wow. yeah. was freaking over in yeah. Japan. Oh, right? man, was he ever, yeah. <laughs> he was legit, man. Yeah, yeah. 
And there's so many guys like that, that in so many territories, you know, that, that before you had the internet that people really didn't know about, you know, you'd see some of them in the wrestling magazines, but you know, you, every territory had somebody, you know, the Kansas city territory had somebody, Texas had five territories. You had the funks up in Amarillo. You had the Guerrero's in El Paso. You had Blanchard in San Antonio. You had Bosch in Houston and you had Fritz in uh, Dallas and every one of those five territories in Texas and every single one of them had major stars with huge stories that go with it. You know, and that's one of the things that we enjoy exploring is what went on in so many different areas because when you those guys for every for every like tommy rich who was the hulk hogan of, of his day just right before hogan you had guys like that almost in almost every territory now not as over as tommy tommy was a special yeah. guy but you had guys like that in every territory and that's what we really love getting into looking forward to what you have coming i know you, you can't really say well, until it's wrapped we, but... we promised the guest before and then the guest couldn't do it and, you know <laughs> yeah. so we, we hate promoting anything until I... we actually get it in the can as they say i'm the same way cross your fingers don't say anything until it's <laughs> until it's recorded until it's out there this I, is the embarrassing way. to say it's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me and jerry and combined we have about 130 years on the planet this is the worst thing tony chemmel canceled on us so that <laughs> That's probably the worst thing ever. Well, the bad worst thing was we booked him, and then what was worse than that was he canceled on us. We finally got him, <laughs> but it was like that's probably our last show because. <laughs> I can see why you don't want to put it out there that he's on your show. <laughs> <laughs> but he he he's the the most recent episode. If you want to check it out, uh, like I said on podcast heat this month. Uh, stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw on YouTube and on social media. It's at Briscoe Bradshaw, no space, just one word, no, no punctuation, Briscoe Bradshaw. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time for me today. Uh, best of luck moving forward with the show. Uh, I look forward to seeing what you have the rest of this year and beyond. Uh, have a good afternoon. I appreciate Thank it. you so Thank much, you. Bill. And I want to say one thing that I was very, very happy about, Bill, because Jerry sent me a note that says we're going to be on with B. Pritchard. And, and I thought, <laughs> it's Bruce Pritchard. I'm going to start drinking. So <laughs> I'm glad it was you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, it's happened. It's it's happened yeah. more than you know. So <laughs> this, this said this saying a lot, but you're a hell of a lot better looking than that Bruce Pritchard. The other big better person. looking, a better person, <laughs> yeah. you're smarter, yeah, a lot smarter, smarter. Yeah, smarter. He had a different zip code, than brother Bruce. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I people are like, oh yeah, do you know Bruce? Do you know Tom? I'm like, enough enough where i tell them that we're not related but i appreciate the compliment i guess <laughs> it's spelled different too right you have a t yeah. i would call that yeah. a compliment bill yeah yeah uh, i gotta with... try to start a fight with you <laughs> <laughs> well oh, thanks boy. so much for having us all we really appreciate it and check out stories with briscoe and bradshaw on youtube and everywhere that you can get that kind of stuff there you go anywhere you get podcasts on youtube Go download them, help them beat Conrad, take down the evil empire. <laughs> Billionaire Connie has been a pain in her ass. John made two trips to Alabama to try to penetrate 
his fortress down there, that Conradison. He has such a security force. John John got escorted out by the Alabama State Highway Patrol, got escorted <laughs> to the Georgia border. Has video of it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that, that's how worried me there, Connie, is about us. Two old country boys from Texas and Oklahoma. Yep. There you go. Lee Connie plays that old country boy thing. He's like Tony Stark. That man's got more money <laughs> and he knows everything. So don't you listen to that old country boy. Oh, it's just me. I'm just an old country boy. Yeah. No, Let me country help boy. you. Yeah. Country <laughs> boy got a bunch of commas in that network. He's a lot more commas than, than me. not numbers, commas than me and Mr. Briscoe. There you go. And that Eric Bischoff ain't afraid to use his money, just like he used a billionaire Ted's money. So uh, Bischoff got a track record of that. So what what do you expect from Eric? Yep, I mean, we had yeah. Xbox on our show, and before the even show even aired, they went off and paid Xbox a fortune from what I heard yeah. Yeah. and had him go on Eric Bischoff's uh, podcast and try to front run us. And and talk. I don't know what we we don't have any on. Uh, no, no. We take the money. We it's all against Eric and that billionaire Connie. There you go. They're they're coming for you, Connie. <laughs> We're coming. They're coming. Thanks for again, you. Bill. All right. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bill.